0: Well, as I've already mentioned to you, today is Mother's Day, and to all of our mothers, I want to say that you are a special creation of God, and we owe a debt of honor to you today, and so we are dedicating this service to you, and I think one of the greatest attributes of the Church of the Living God are godly, separated, dedicated And consecrated mothers that are a great testimony to this lost and confused world about what a mother should be. And we thank God for you. I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. And we're also going to go to verse number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse number 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Once again, verse number 11 says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And I want to dedicate this message today to godly, Holy Ghost-filled, separated mothers everywhere. I want to talk to us about the hero of mothers. The hero of mothers. Praise God. Out of all the chapters that are found in the New Testament, and for that matter, even the Old Testament, there is nowhere that I can think of that has such a detailed catalog of greatness with the panorama and breadth of the plan of God with such notables together as there is found in Hebrews chapter number 11. There are some places, of course, in the Old Testament that describe David's mighty men. And there are other places where entire families' lineages are mentioned in the Old Testament. However, there is nowhere that is found in the entirety of the Word of God where you have such a panoramic view of the heroes of the faith. All of these heroes that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 have left an indelible mark on the Word of God and upon the hearts of God's people, Noah, Abraham, Moses, David. It's like a who's who of the champions, of the Old Testament, and they are examples to us all. However, upon closer examination, the bulk of these heroes that are enumerated are all men. They are masculine, strong, sturdy, godly, faithful men. However, upon closer examination, tucked away in the corners. And in the nooks and crannies of this great chapter are a few women that are mentioned. Rahab the harlot is mentioned in there. And in verse number 35, the Bible talks about women receive their dead, raised to life again. However, even though they are great heroines of faith, they are nameless and they are faceless. But standing as almost a fulcrum in this great chapter is a mother, a single, solitary mother by the name of Sarah. Once again, the Bible says, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive. There are other mothers, of course, that are mentioned in Scripture that quite possibly, had it been left to us, would have found their way into Hebrews chapter number 11. Of course, Eve, the mother of all living, and Jacobet, who preserved Moses with an ark and placed him, uh, and he floated downstream. And then there's Hannah that was barren but made promises unto God that she would dedicate her son uh, to the temple and to the things of God. And the list goes on. Rebecca and Leah and Rachel and Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, And, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. But only Sarah, a mother, is mentioned and named among all of the masculine figures of faith. There is one mother by the name of Sarah. Her name literally means lady, princess, noblewoman. We know her as the wife of Abram, and her journey begins in chapter number 11 of Genesis when they leave Ur of the Chaldees for Haran, but we actually pick up this picture in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1, a very familiar passage where the Bible said, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Unto a land that I will show thee. Powerful portion of scripture. And this underscores a particular recurring fact that God only addresses Abram. There is not one time in the entirety of this incredible panoramic and incredible story where God directly speaks. To Sarah. There is no prophecy. There is no direction. At least in the first part of this journey we are left to wonder if God even recognized her. But yet the promises of God and the prophecies of God are incomplete without her. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 verse number 1, Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And this sets a pattern, a reoccurring pattern that reoccurs over and over in the book of Genesis. Abram is receiving a word from God and he goes and breaks the news to his wife. And she faithfully begins to pack her bags, realizing that we are going to follow this God into a land that he will show thee. And so she follows, she follows, she follows faithfully, she follows without wavering, she follows without argument. In fact, this is the one factor that we see that is brought out in the New Testament in the book of First Peter Chapter number three, verses five and six, where the Bible said, For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. For those of you that are watching out there and you're thinking, I think we might need some marriage counseling or we're having some issues. Brothers and sisters and ladies and gentlemen, the answer is found from this incredible couple that was guided by prophecy and promise. God spoke to Abram and Sarah willingly followed. Let's continue on here in verse number six. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, As long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. I want to stop long enough to say that in the world that we all live in, that is giving rights to this group and rights to that group and equal rights to this group and equal rights to this group and rights to women. I want you to understand that in the word of God is found the truthful sequence and characteristics that bring about Success in God. And Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, which translated is Master, whose daughters ye are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. What does that mean? The Bible doesn't say in the biblical account of Genesis. As time goes on, there's a few things that we will explore about Sarah. But in the beginning, she followed wherever God told her husband to go. They collaborated the story together when they moved into Egypt, recognizing that Pharaoh had his eye on Sarah. But their story had already been conceived. God spoke to Pharaoh, and they left Egypt, and she was untouched. They continue to move into the promise of God. In Genesis chapter number 15 and Genesis chapter number 17, God continues to give prophetical insight and coloring into the blanks of promise and prophecy for his man, Abram. Yet, still, God has not spoken to Sarah. Sarah is getting this information through Abram. Sarah is hearing about these incredible promises through Abram. Sarah is hearing about these incredible prophecies that, you know what, we're going to have children. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going to be, uh, God changes his name uh, in, in ensuing chapters and, and, and changes even Sarah's name. And yet God still has not spoken to Sarah. She has a name change, but once again it comes through her husband. Yet she obeyed. She followed and she believed. In Genesis chapter number 16, previously they had been given uh, an Egyptian bondwoman to be a personal maid to Sarah by the name of Hagar. And now living under and feeling pressured by this promise that you are going to bear children and you, uh, your husband is going to be the father Of many nations. She becomes frustrated. And it becomes her idea alone. Of providing Hagar. To her husband. As I've already mentioned. In the very next chapter. Genesis chapter number 17. God speaking to Abraham. Changes his name from Abram to Abraham. And changes Sarah's name. But never speaks to Sarah. And so now there's an Ishmael. And now she has a name change. And now angels appear to Abram. And Abram is 99 years of age and Sarah is 89. And one of the very first questions that the angel asks is, where is Sarah? And Abram said, she is in the tent. And so now for the first time there is a word that is coming that is prophetical. That is within earshot of Sarah. And there is a prophecy given that she will conceive and she will certainly bear a child. The Bible says that she laughs within herself recognizing that she is far too old to conceive. And the angel is listening in on her conversation. And now for the very first time, She is having a conversation with the supernatural, but she is denying that she laughed. She was so amazed with this promise and amazed with this prophecy that she would ever be able to bear a child. She denies laughing, but the angel has the last word. You definitely did laugh. In Genesis chapter number 21, the Bible says that God did visit Sarah according to his promise. And in verse number 2, the Bible says, as we continue here, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. She named Her son, laughter. The cause of laughter. Or he will laugh. I want to tell you right now that God is still able to perform the miraculous. Maybe there's somebody that's watching this morning and saying, you know, God made me a promise in years gone past. And God gave me a prophecy in years gone past. It has not come to pass. It has not happened. Ladies and gentlemen and brothers and sisters, if there's one thing that we can gain, Abraham and Sarah it's this that if God promised God is able to perform it we don't need to stagger we don't need to backslide we don't need to fall away we don't need to go to the world we don't need to go backwards let's clap our hands and give God the praise that if he promised it he is well able to perform it <laughs> glory to God glory to God glory to God The Bible said that she considered God faithful. One of the magnificent things about Sarah is, as I've already mentioned, that she was getting direction and promises secondhand. She was a follower. She was designed to be a follower. She was a Model follower. Yes, she grew frustrated. Yes, they determined a half-truth. Yes, she suggested that Abraham go in unto Hagar. Yes, she made her mistakes. But at an age and a time, she conceived and she did it with laughter. She did it with the right attitude. She did it with the right spirit. She could have named Isaac tired. She could have named Isaac weary. She could have named Isaac bitter. She could have named Isaac any number of things. Having been disappointed and having been led away from her family and having just going from being nomadic and pilgrims and sojourner through this strange land but when the promise came to fruition she had the right attitude and the right spirit and she named her promise laughter let's lift our hands and give god the praise i want to tell you how long it takes is not even the issue it's the fact that god promised it if god said it god will perform it god's going to come through If this this is the die that is cast, if this is the template that is laid, if Abraham and Sarah is a type of the believer, which it is in the New Testament, him being the father of the faithful, then that means that we are pilgrims and sojourners. And God is still going to perform it. Hang on to your promise. Hang on to your belief. Hang on to the prophecy. Hang on to it all. Because God is going to bring it to pass. Clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The hero of mothers. I don't believe that we have seen the greatest test. In fact, I do not believe theologically that the greatest test for Sarah has even been rehearsed. In anything that I've said here already. I believe that the greatest test for Sarah. Is found in Genesis 22. And starting in verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now brothers and sisters and ladies and gentlemen. Here again God is focusing on the masculine. God is focusing on his man. God is focusing on Abraham. But make no mistake about it that there is a mother in the background. There is a mother that will play a role in this incredible story. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, not Ishmael. Ishmael has already been superseded by Isaac. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And so in my mind's eye, I see Abraham coming in and telling Sarah, God spoke to me. And I am to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. We are going to load up the wood. I'm going to load up the dagger. We're going to saddle up the beasts of burden. And we are going to travel to Moriah. And I can almost see in my theological imagination terror come into the eyes of Sarah. No. No, this promise, this prophecy that I I waited for years, years for this promise. Take Ishmael. Wherever he is, find him. Take him. Don't even tell Hagar. Just take him. No. 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 God wants Isaac. I know you and I waited together for this. But God has already proven himself to be faithful. God has already proven himself that he is going to fulfill everything that he ever promised to us. And so I can see the terror in Sarah's face as Abram begins to inform Isaac. And Isaac and, and, and Abram begin to journey towards the horizon And I can see tears streaming down the face of Sarah. But somewhere I can see where Sarah is beginning to recall through the corridors of the past. That I heard a prophecy that God gave my husband way back uh, in in, in Genesis 12. And then another prophecy in Genesis 15. And then uh, another fantastic prophecy in Genesis 17. And then the angels appeared. And then another promise. And, And now this. I've learned that if God told my husband that I know that they will both come back to me. And not only did both of them come back to Sarah, but the very prophecy that is etched in verse number 12 of Genesis chapter number 11 now can become complete because of Sarah. In verse number 11 of Hebrews chapter 11, it gives, us, it gives us Sarah's unique placement in God's overall prophecy and program that none of this would have ever gone any further. None of this would have ever been completed except that through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. But, 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 because she judged him faithful, who had promised, not just in Genesis 12, not just in Genesis 15, not just in Genesis 17, not just with a name change, not just with the angels at the tent, not just with asking Isaac to be offered up as a sacrifice, but now verse number 12, because she believed God. Therefore, sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. When Abram had lifted up his hand with the dagger about to, to plunge it into the body of Isaac, there was an angel that held his arm and said, Hold it! And God uttered forth an incredible prophecy and promise that I am going to give you a word now that it's going to be your seed is going to be like the sand of the seashore and the stars of the sky for multitude. And so not only does Abraham and Isaac come back, and I can see once again in my theological imagination that Sarah is constantly fixed on that long and winding path that is days away to Moriah. She keeps looking. She keeps searching. And lo and behold, here they come. She sees two figures. Abraham is not alone. And she runs with tears streaming down her face. And Abraham says, this magnificent promise that our God gave to all of the Jews and all of the world, it goes beyond the sand of the seashore, which is the Jewish lineage, and no goes into the supernatural, which is the stars of heaven that includes the church of the living God. Because of a hero among mothers. Let's lift our hands and let's give God the praise. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. God, I adore you. God, to all of the mothers that are watching this, I pray that you strengthen their hands. I pray that with so much misinformation and disinformation and so much confusion in the 21st century that we get back to the word of God and we understand that the supernatural paradigm has already been set. The die has already been cast. The form is already in place. And we are to follow after those that have gone before us, recognizing that God is able to perform the promises which he has uttered. God, I worship you and I praise you. I pray that your spirit fill every household, fill every home, strengthen those parents, strengthen those children. As we're being bombarded with all of the confusion of this hour with this pandemic and wondering and confusion. I pray that the main thing continue to be the main thing. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I dedicate this today to every mother, you are an incredible creation of God. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning.